Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. You know, I used to think that uh, when we got to heaven, that we'd run up to people and say, what was it like when God was moving on the earth, when, when the Lord had uh, this happen and that happen and the participation you had in that? And I just believe that they're going to stop us and say, no, 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 no. We need to know what you experienced while you were on the earth. <laughs> Amen. Because there's a much greater glory coming. I said there's a, there's a, a greater glory coming. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm so glad that we're alive in this hour. And we see that even though darkness does grow uh, stronger and stronger, guess what? How much more the light and the glory of God is increasing on the earth. Amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Just one quick announcement concerning tomorrow, this service tomorrow, Thursday at 1230 is open to the public it's, it's national day of prayer so we've opened our doors to everybody I thought we would go ahead and video it but I, I got pulled back this afternoon by the Lord and decided we're not going to re- record it we want it to be intimate we want it to be personal yes. uh, we also want it to be a place where we can become vulnerable and sometimes when the camera's running that's in the back of your mind and so we just want the liberty Uh, to meet tomorrow in the National Day of Prayer, take our place as believers and to have our voice heard concerning our nation and other areas that the Lord leads us to pray. Like I said, come on. Come on, roll up your sleeves, come up here to Berthoud at 1230 tomorrow, and we'll go ahead and pray. And we won't keep you long, right? Because we'll get her done. You got your Bibles uh, tonight? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that we'll do as a church. We don't need to announce that. Okay, here we go. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through verses uh, 17. It talks about the armor of God. And it was interesting, as I was putting this together this afternoon, I was thinking about our armor, and this seemed to come to me that as we study the armor of God, it's more about our armor is who we've become. Not necessarily what we have. Think, think about that. When we put that, that belt of truth on, that truth is who we are as believers. Our righteousness is, is not just what we have, it's who we are. Our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel. That's our place, our position in God. That's who we are. We're ministers of reconciliation. That helmet that's protecting our, our mind is talking about how we renew our mind to, to discover and to walk in the light of who we've become. 
And that shield of faith is the, is the word of God. We, that's an authority that we have vested as the children of God. And that sword of the spirit. Woo! Hallelujah. I can't wait to get to that. That's not only what we have, but who we are. Amen. As the sons of God on the earth, we speak forth that truth. And all that opposes it is defeated. Amen. Well, we're looking at this third element, this third armor, uh, the feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel. And this has multiple meetings as the rest of these have. We're, we're kind of tr- streamlining our teaching. I, I feel like the Lord wants us to move on to another subject matter. And so uh, is it okay if we just kind of go through these things? Understand that, that our feet being shod with the gospel, one of the meanings represents that we are walking in the light of God's word. When your feet are talking about where they take you, the direction your life is going in, what you're doing with your life. Look here in Psalm 119, uh, 130, the 119th Psalm, it would be verse 130. It says that the entrance of your word does what? It gives light. And it gives understanding to people like me who are simple. Hallelujah. It's almost as if the word of God is you and I walking in darkness and that word that we put in our heart begins to illuminate our path. And even in the midst of darkness, light is before us and we walk in that light. And when we do that, It really is the greatest advertisement we can make for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that you and I know each other in terms of the person who is inside of us. But the world looks at the behavior of an individual to determine who they are. You noticed that too, didn't you? You could, you, could, you could be the most holy person in the world, and if they see you doing something that creates an image in their mind, now you're that image to them. And so when we begin acting like Christ on the earth, we begin to portray the one that we have in our heart, the one who delivered us, the one who saved us, the one that washed us and cleansed us. And so we become a billboard or advertisement for Jesus. It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, I'm reading this from the living, so this will be a little bit of a stretch from your translation, I assume. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 says that the only letter I need is you yourself. By looking at the good change in your heart. Everyone can see that you have done a good work among you. Verse 3. This is is where it gets interesting. So this is someone walking in light. This is one whose feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. They're, they're, They're not just out preaching the gospel, but they're living the gospel by example. 
It says that they can see that you are a letter from Christ, written by us. It is not a letter written with a pen and ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not only carved on stone, but in the human hearts. Hallelujah. Haven't you wondered why some people just don't like you? That used to bother me, being so, a, a person whose humanity is self-conscious. You know, we, we want people to like us. But when they begin to see that light in you and me, when they see us acting like one, acting like the Christ, they haven't gotten to that place where they've embraced Jesus. And so now they push back from you because now you're reminding them of the one they're running from. And so they've got to put up certain defenses, and sometimes that's when they get a little nasty. Right? Amen? That's when you know your billboard is working. <laughs> I've run across people that I, we have never met, and I can just look at them and, and smile, and something comes on them, and you can just tell that they're, they're just not liking what they're seeing. <laughs> kind of backing away. Now also understand that having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel is talking about our ministry. It goes, at, it goes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when you get down about the 17th verse when it talks about <clears throat> you and I are new creatures in Christ. And then it goes down and talks about how we are ministers of reconciliation. Meaning that each one of us is to have our life prepared to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why it says having your feet shod or prepared or equipped with the good news of the gospel. You know, that's something that every one of us needs to have availability to without a script. We should be prepared in every moment in life that if we're given an open door and we have a prompting by the Holy Spirit that we are prepared to share the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And that can come in so many different various ways. It can come through just a simple gesture. It can come just through a one word of encouragement. It can come in so many different ways. And many times, it's not just getting in their face with chapter and verse. Because guess what? They already have it Amen. in a nation like America. Yes. They just need a little watering. Does that make sense? Look over here in, in Romans 10, 14. And I told you we were going to speed this up, but I, I just enjoy the anointing. Romans 10, 14. This is from the New King James. He's asking a question. 
How then shall they call on him, him being Jesus, in whom they have not believed? Did you notice it didn't say in whom they haven't heard about? We, we, we as a nation, we have heard about this person, Jesus Christ. Every time we write the date, we're citing the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Every Christmas, we're announcing the birth of Jesus Christ. Every Easter, we're announcing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But they have not believed. So this is about helping them to believe. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now don't let that word preacher alarm you. <laughs> a preacher is just simply a sent one. And when you and I cross paths with someone, that's being sent. It's, it's not as, as spectacular as it is supernatural. Every one of us is a preacher. Amen. Come on. I got one amen. You got anyone else out there? We're all preachers. Amen. And how shall they preach unless they be sent? Now look at this. We're talking about having our feet shod for the preparation of the gospel. Goes on to say in verse 15, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen? Amen. So notice it says that the one who was sent the one who is sharing the good news about Jesus Christ is one whose feet are beautiful. That means that they followed their feet <laughs> to someone that needed to hear good news. Have you know that too many times we as Christians give people bad news? You're going to hell. Well, that's not good news. you don't change if you don't turn or burn or you, if, you, if you don't turn you're gonna burn we used to have a t-shirt like that I'm glad we we burned it <laughs> it's, not, it's not good news the good news is our sins are already forgiven the good news is that he's already paid the price Amen. the good news is he gave his life so we could have his Amen. that's the good news amen and so understand that if you and I are gonna have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel we have to be ready to share that good news and that's when our feet become beautiful because you're following those feet to someone that needs to hear that message amen the next is the shield of faith this is the fourth piece of armor and quite simply our shield of faith represents living by faith. The Bible says multiple times in the New Testament that those justified by Jesus Christ shall live by 
faith. So faith is not something we pull out every time we get into a jam. It's how we live. We, we, we live every moment of the day by and through faith. Notice here it says in verse 16 of Ephesians 6, this is that portion of scripture that lists these six different pieces of armor. It says, above all, beginning in verse 16, Ephesians 6. Above all, so he's emphasizing this. That's not by mistake. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. So this is something that we have, but we have to utilize it. It doesn't come to bear in our behalf just because we have it. We have to actually lift it up to use it. Now, why do we take the shield of faith? Because with it, you will be able. Who? Doesn't say God will be able. He's already able. No, he's saying this shield's been given to us so that we are able. Hallelujah. To do what? To quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, you need to be rebuking me right now. It didn't say some. Huh? No, it says how many of them? Every once in a while, it'll catch a dart. Huh? No, it says all. That means that every time you and I face a challenge in life, our first thought has to be, well, I have his faith to quench that attack Come on. or to stop Come it on. Amen. or to keep it from yes. its mark. Yes. Amen. Amen? Understand that with that shield of faith, we can come against every strategy of the wicked one. Woo-hoo. It says over there in 1 John 5, oh boy, verses 3, I think it's verse 4, that this is the victory, 1 John 5, 4, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory. If I want to have victory, i got to use my shield of faith. Hallelujah. Was it verse 4? Hallelujah. So understand that we can quench every fiery dart. Well, how do I use it? 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to be sober, to be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he's walking about like, see, he's pretending to be a roaring lion. He isn't a roaring lion. He's like one. He's making a lot of sounds, doing a lot of growling, bearing a lot of teeth, hoping that he can use that to get you in a place of fear so he can devour you. But it says in verse 9, all we have to do is resist him. Come on. Amen. How? Steadfast in the faith. Just like the traffic cop says stop. So does our faith when we speak the word. When the enemy comes and tell him what we have saying, believing, that dart is absorbed and becomes ineffective against us when we resist the devil he flees from us resist the devil in the faith knowing hallelujah 
we win every time. Say, this is my victory. Even my faith. Hallelujah. Number five. Oh, we're just moving right along. Anybody happy out there tonight? Number five is the helmet of salvation. <laughs> the helmet of salvation. Now, this represents the knowledge of your position in God because of your salvation and your redemption in Christ. You see, each one of us, we have to take the time to renew our mind. Renew just simply means to think like God. We need to change the way we perceive things. We need to see it through the eyes of God. And when we begin to get his word in us to change the way we think, then we begin to see life through his eyes. We see it through his perspective. The helmet of salvation is directly related to the prayers Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. This is what we call the Ephesians prayer. Now notice here in Ephesians 1.17, we're asking the Lord to give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. When you begin believing for spiritual wisdom and revelation and you begin to accept those into your heart, then you begin to renew your mind as it aligns itself with that revelation knowledge. You and I can train, we can think like God. Understand, as we said, this helmet of salvation includes having our mind renewed to know and to understand our rights and privileges in Christ along with who we've become in Christ. Probably one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ today is number one, to know who we've become in Christ. Too many of us hold on to our human identity. And yes, you are part human. And thank goodness for all the wonderful things that that brings to bear. But that's not who we are. It's the house we live in. We need to find out through the new birth who we've become in Christ. And we need to begin identifying with that image and not the image we have of the world and the image that the world has of our house that we live in. I mean, you could just be a, a human being and people hate you just because of your gender. Hate you because of the color of your skin. Hate you for, you know, you've got red hair. Which is not who we are. Yeah. 
And that's why we have to change the image of ourself to reflect who we've become in Christ. Number two, we have to renew our mind to the fact of what we've been given. Oh, he's given us so much. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. We are near, not mere pope, uh, what's that word, paupers, peasants. We're, we're not just, just inferior individuals. No, we are the sons and daughters of God. The Bible says that we're to reign in life as kings. Reigning like a king doesn't have to do with me sitting uh, on a throne and telling people what to do. No, being a king is being in charge in your environment and what you've been given authority over, and you're ruling and reigning from that position. Right? Taking control of the environment in which we, we live, those things that we're responsible for, and not settle for anything less. And then we need to know, number three, what God is willing to do through us. That's doing the works of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praying for people, laying hands on people, giving instruction to people if that's what they're asking for, right? There's just so much that, that we have been given availability to, and God wants to run it through you. You know, out of your belly shall flow out rivers of living water to those around us. And that's really what he has destined for his body. Because the only thing that God can do on the earth is what he can do through his body. Any more than my head can't, you know, get me into this building. Even though it, it wants to be here, I have to use my body to get here. Jesus is the head, yes, absolutely. But he has to use his body on the earth. And that's why we put on that helmet of renewal. We put on that helmet of renewing our mind, beginning to think like him, seeing like who we've become, seeing what we have, seeing what we can do. And allow that image to express itself in this earth. The last here is the, is the sword of the spirit. And... Uh, Mm -mm -mm. This is, I think, might be a springboard to where he wants us to go when we get together the next time. The sword of the Spirit. As kids, didn't you like playing with swords? We made them out of all sorts of things. Plants. I think just yesterday, my grandson was in the front yard grabbing all these sticks, and they were swords, you know. Maybe you gals weren't that way, but boy, Peter and I were, and Mick, we were swinging things around like crazy. Swords are awesome. I said swords are awesome. Now, I don't want to make this a an absolute when I say this, but I want you to think about it. 
we've got six pieces of armor that we can bring to bear against the works and the devices of the devil. Primarily, five of them you would, would refer to as a defensive tool. Right? The helmet is a protective covering for the head. Right? The, the breastplate of righteousness is, is, is a protective shield over our heart. We've got this, this belt that's holding on all our armor. And these are defensive mechanisms, the, the shield of faith. We're not like Captain America where we throw it around, but you know what I'm saying. It's primarily a defensive weapon. But here comes the sword. It's really primarily an offensive weapon. When we take it out of its sheath and we begin to use it directly to poke our enemy. Right? I'm not poking him with my, you know, breastplate of righteousness as much as I'm poking him with my sword. And so this obviously becomes a very important piece of our armor. Yes, we can be protected with those five other pieces against the, the while we're using our sword. Got that? See, there's no need to have armor if you're not in a battle. And our armor shouldn't look that shiny. <laughs> it needs to be scratched up. It needs to be like we, we wore it, you know? Like the way our uniform looks at the end of a season of playing football. At the beginning of the season, everything's all shiny and clean. The end of the season is torn, it's ripped, it's grass stained, huh? <coughs> Helmet's all scratched up. That's how our armor's supposed to look. Come on. Come on. Amen. This sword represents speaking the word of God from our heart. Speaking the word of God out of our heart. I don't think I have it in my notes tonight. It doesn't look like it. But in Revelation, it talks about the return of Jesus. And he's on his white horse, and we're on our horses bringing him in if we've been raptured or we've gone before. To heaven. And it says that out of his mouth there was a two edged sword. And you know, the Bible refers to that in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 12. It says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. So when you begin seeing a sword in the Word of God, it's talking about those who put the Word in their heart and then speak it out from their mouth. And it becomes a weapon. It becomes a weapon that defeats our enemy. Now, probably the, the most vivid illustration we have of this is the temptation of Jesus. 
We're all very familiar with that, where Jesus was, was, was on a 40-day fast. He was very hungry, and then it, it says that the devil came to tempt him. Well, Jesus is, was tempted like you and I are tempted. The primary way that the devil tempts us is with thoughts. How could it be a temptation if the devil appears to us and then starts talking to us? We know exactly who it's coming from. But he likes to disguise himself as our own personal thoughts. And so the devil came to Jesus and began giving him thoughts. Hey, you're pretty hungry there, kid. He didn't say it that way. He probably said, man, I'm hungry. I, I am told that there are these stones in the prom, not promised land, Israel, in the Jerusalem area, that actually look like little loaves of bread. And I could imagine his attention being drawn to what looked like bread and thinking, hmm, I'm hungry. You know, you're the, you're, you're the son of God. You can, you can turn that stone into bread. Now, it's interesting at how, can I dare say this, how cool, calm, and collected Jesus was. Here's the God of this world who has a host of one-third of the angels and he has a, he's got a pretty good thing going down here on earth. And in this temptation, Jesus, all he did was speak the word. It is written. And then he believed that that was enough to have resisted that attack and would cause the devil to flee. I'm of the impression he didn't raise his voice. I believe that he just declared it as fact and truth. See, a lot of times we get this idea that, we, that authority and combating the devil has to have some degree of emotion involved in it. It can, but really faith in the word that we're speaking is what causes him to flee. And all you have to do is speak the word, and he's on the run. That's why it's so important for us to grow in the knowledge of God's word so that we can begin recognizing the temptations of the enemy and know what word to speak to him to get him to tuck his tail and run. And so three times the enemy came to Jesus, and three times Jesus, the word he had hid in his heart, he spoke out believing this is the truth. This is the way it is. Know what you're saying is false. What I'm saying is true. And that sword... Out of his mouth, 
sliced him up. Now, the devil isn't real bright, obviously. Anybody who thinks he can overcome the Most High God really isn't working with, you know, a whole lot up there. However, when he's starting getting cut up by the words that you're speaking at him, he's not going to hang around for very long. Especially if you speak the word and start laughing. Because of his pride, he don't like to be laughed at. And the game's already over when you speak the word. Amen? So, it's interesting that we, I believe that we need to begin visualizing that when we speak the word. That not only is that word have that ability to create what you're speaking in your life, but it's also a way of running off that which is coming to steal your faith. And you just speak that word. One more scripture, Matthew 8, 16. And this is going to be a May 3rd miracle. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says that when the evening was come, Matthew 8, 16, they brought unto him many that were what? Possessed with devils. So how did he deal with that? He cast out the spirits with devils. His word. He brought out the sword. Amen. That word that he hid in his heart, he spoke it out believing that what he was saying was coming to pass. And that sword out of his mouth just sliced the enemy up and healed all that were sick. Praise God. It's comforting to know that God has given us all this equipment. He's given us all that we need to live a victorious and an overcoming lifestyle in the midst of calamity. Amen? Amen. Father, we want to thank you for the armor of God. Help us, Lord, to begin appreciating what you've given us. Help us to develop it. Help us to get it dented up, scratched, in battle with the defeated foe. And we know that we'll win every time because this, this armor has been proven and tested. You used it while you were here on the earth. So we know that it works. Help us to put on each piece that we would utilize each one and use it at the necessary time. But most of all, Lord, help us to bear that sword out of our mouth, that sword of the Spirit, that we would use it by speaking your word to our enemy to put him on the run. Father, we thank you for it. We claim it right now. In Jesus' name, amen.